You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 96. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Here we are, another Monday, another brand new episode of the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. If you are new, I am JC, and I host the Hello Awesome Podcast every week where we talk about real topics for believers. Before we get started here, I wanted to share with you a new product that just was added to the shop. As the warmer weather is coming around right now and winter is gone, thank you, Jesus, we have hats ready to order. They are so, so cute, I know, because I have them both and I rock them all the time. There are two designs. The first one is a black hat with white hand lettering that says hope, and the other one is khaki with lettering that says pray big. Now, I love them so much they are distressed and they are comfortable and easily can fit on any head because they have a Velcro back, which is perfect for me. My head is super small. Everybody teases me about it, but they fit me just fine. So go to helloawesome.live to grab yours today and use code HELLO10 for 10% off your entire shop order. Now, I'll be rocking mine continually throughout the spring and summer. I want you to grab some Let's Be Twins. So stop by the Hello Awesome shop to claim yours right now. All right, you may know her as Apostolic Beauty 98 on Instagram. Brooke Buchanan joins me in today's episode, and it is a good one. Brooke talks about becoming a newlywed and what took her by surprise the most she shares some powerful insights about submission, something we don't ever really talk about, ministry, having fun with modest fashion, and the importance of mental health. You guys know I love talking about mental health. It is important to us as Christians to have these open conversations about it. I have an entire season dedicated to mental health. If you want to go back, I believe it was season two. I really am blessed by what Brooke has shared today, and I know you will be too. So let's not waste any more time. Make sure you leave a positive review in iTunes if this episode speaks to you. It would be such a blessing. Okay, guys, here is episode number 96 that I am calling Ministry, Modesty, and Mental Health with Brooke Buchanan. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome Podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. The Hello Awesome Podcast is sponsored by some good friends who want to give you a special treat just for showing up. If you're looking for super cute, modest clothing that is both classy and fun, Nuggles has you covered. Use code HelloAwesome10 for 10% off at www.nuggles.us. That's www.nuggles.us. US and stock up on essential yet affordable apparel right now. If this windy weather is leaving your skin crying out for help like mine, Oneness Essentials has what you need to be nourished again. Their handmade lotions and soap bars are seriously heavenly and smell amazing. 
use code HelloAwesome at onenesssoapbiz.com for 15% off your next order of bath and body products today. That's O-N-E-N-E-S-S-S-O-A-P-B-I-Z dot com. Are you in love with a good scrunchie? If you know me, then you know my answer is, duh. And my favorite ones are from So Vita. These are high quality, handcrafted scrunchies straight out of indie. Seriously, they're perfect for long hair. Use code PODCAST for 10% off to pick up a handful of scrunchies like the popular Crushed Velvet or Satin Bow at sovita.com. That's S-E-W-V-I-D-A dot com. Go grab a bunch to add to your collection or give away as the perfect gift. I want to give a big shout out to those of you who are working in the medical field, especially our nurses and technicians. Bravo to you guys. Y'all are the real MVPs. If you need comfortable scrub skirts so that you can serve others while sticking to your modest lifestyle, Sea Saucy is the place for you. Use code HELLO10 for 10% off your entire order right now when you check out at seasaucy.com. That's C-S-A-U-C-Y dot com. Go invest in a comfortable scrub skirt right now with Sea Saucy so that you can just focus on your patience and continue on being a light. Okay, who says athletic wear is boring? Not with Snaga Athletics. With so many fun colors and designs to choose from, you no longer have to struggle to stay modest when you are ready to be active. Use code JC10 for 10% off your minimum purchase of $20 and get free shipping on orders of $120 or more. This code doesn't apply to the Courtney T. Oliver collection, and it's valid through April 30th at midnight. That code is JACY10 for 10% off your minimum purchase of $20 right now at snogaathletics.com. That's S-N-O-G-A-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S.com. Hey guys, it's JC here. Welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I am pleased to bring you another guest. Here with me today is Brooke Buchanan. I have met her, quote unquote, met her on Instagram <laughs> a while back, actually. And I'm just so impressed with her posts and her love of style and fashion. And we're going to talk about that today. And um, thank you so much, Brooke, for coming on the podcast and just being with us. I want you to just take a minute to share who you are, what you do, and where people might know you from. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am Brooke, um, otherwise known as Apostolic Beauty 98 on Instagram. Um, I currently work as a customer service specialist for a warehouse. So, and also I'm a newlywed. And um, I was the real McCoy for She's for Christ in 2013. And I went on a missions trip to uh, Japan from AYC and also went to South Africa, Johannesburg. So that might be a few places where people know me, but I'm mostly known uh, um, on Instagram. So that's mostly where I get most of my friends or, you know, social media friends out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Um I was telling my husband the other day because he's not social media savvy at all. He doesn't care about any of it, um, which is actually a, a blessing. Um, and I was calling um, everybody my digital pen pals 
And I thought that was like the perfect thing because we do write letters. They're just in comments and DMs. Absolutely. I think that's definitely like, I'll catch myself writing books to people that probably has never met me. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm just basically talking to these people like they're my best friends. And sometimes it's just, you know, I'm that type of person though. I'd, I just put my whole life out there with no, no shame at all. (laughs) Well, I love that actually about you, how honest and straightforward you are and sharing your life and congrats Mm -hmm. on being a newlywed, by the way, I saw you sharing that. And I was so happy for like my digital friend to get married. (laughs) Thank you. And, um, I know a lot of people don't know this, but you and Mandy Bowen are sister-in-laws Yes, and yes. I think that's so cool because we're all part of the same circles on Instagram. And, you know, I've had her on the podcast. So it's really cool to have you now. It's like this whole family affair. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that we're actually sister-in-laws until they'll see a picture of us two. And they're like, wait, you're Manny Bowen's sister-in-law? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, we actually, me and her met before her and my brother met. So Mm. I always say I've known her the longest because I met her before he did. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I love your, you know, story of you, how you met your husband and I, and I want you to share that with us. How did your love story unfold? Yeah. So we're kind of the modern day fairy tale. It happened with a Facebook message. (laughs) Um, we actually, he commented on, made a post on Facebook. I didn't even realize we were Facebook friends. I tend to be the type if I see their apostolic and they have a few mutual friends, I'll be like, okay, I'll add you, you know, but, um, I looked, you know, I was looking through Facebook and I saw where somebody said, what's something fun to do in new Orleans. And I've been there a few times, um, with she's for Christ. They did a C31 challenge with Mississippi. And so we would go every single year if you raised, um, $931. And so we would go through that. And then I was like, Oh, well, let me comment. Cause I mean, I know a few fun things to do. And he messaged me from that and it kind of became a whole love story. We started dating October 5th, um, of 2018. We got engaged in June of 2019 and then we got married in November of 2019. So it kind of definitely happened very fast, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. That is just so incredible. I love hearing stories that are just, um, just different that way. You know, people, uh, can bash social media all their, all they want, but there Mm -hmm. are, there are a lot of good things. Um, if we're using it the right way, you know, you, you just wanting to help somebody and, um, you know, (laughs) found the love of your life. That's amazing. Yes. And, you know, that's what, you know, I, you know, recently I went back and it was about, it was about March of that year. I told God, I was like, okay, God, I'm not dating anybody else. I'm tired of bad relationships, Mm -hmm. not necessarily bad relationships, but every relationship would just hit a door and you hit a wall. And I'm just like, I'm tired of it. I'm not going to do it unless you sit somebody right in front of my face, come down to earth as a human being and say, this is the one I'm not talking to anybody anymore. And of course, that's an irrational thing to think, but you just, you get so tired of hitting these walls, but it's because Mm -hmm. you're trying to make your own plan. And then we come to here and he just randomly, you know, I just comment on some random person's thing and he messages me and I'm like, okay, God, I'll give it one more try. And this time it was definitely God's will. Yeah. And I think that's so cool because one of the things that 
honestly, for any relationship, we find out this real quick when we first mm-hmm. are in a relationship, whether we get married or not, is communication. And so mm-hmm. um, just that confidence to message you and talk to you um, mm-hmm. just goes to show that he wasn't afraid to just, you know, make the first move, at least to communicate and to talk. And and hopefully, you know, you've seen that throughout your your marriage so far is just having oh, yes. that foundation to just be open with each other like that. Yes, definitely. So, you know, uh, man, this is, it, it's so different because you, you just got married and I'm over here on like the 11th year, which <laughs> is crazy. It is crazy and it will go by, but, um, you know, I start thinking about all the things that I've learned so far and it's a lot, but there was so many things that I learned quickly in like the first couple months. And I wanted to know if there was any unexpected thing that you've learned so far being married that you were like, oh, I didn't even think this would be like an issue or just mm-hmm. just surprised you. You know, I can't, you know, you hear a lot of times people are like, oh, you learn so much about a person when you get into a marriage, but you don't realize you learn. I've learned so much about myself yes. being in marriage because I live my life, you know, I, of course, I had amazing parents. I had siblings and all that, but I was kind of like on my own independent. I was, you know, it was Brooks way or the highway type thing. And I had to learn to let go of that control. I didn't realize that I had issues trusting somebody to take the reins. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's absolutely important in marriage is you have to submit and let your husband take the reins and take that spiritual authority. And that was something that I struggled with for the first few months because I was like, this is not the way I did it. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you get into marriage, he has the spiritual burden of you and your your whole entire life. He holds that burden and he has a lot of weight on him. And so to make those decisions are very important. And I had to learn to let go of the reins and say, okay you know, he has to make these decisions for us. I can put in my thought and I'm a very outspoken person. So I definitely put my opinion in, Mm -hmm. but I had to learn to let go and say, okay, you can take the reins in this. You make the decision, whatever you say goes. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the most hardest things that I did because I'm a control freak. I want everything my way. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, that is not, it, I mean, it's a good trait to, you know, cause I'm very itinerary. I'm very lined up. Everything has to go the way I plan for it or something's going wrong. But in life, I've, in, in marriage, I've had to learn. I can't be that anymore. And even in ministry in God's plan, you can't be a control freak. And that's something that I've kind of had to break the mold in my marriage is like, I've had to say, okay, I can't control some things. And so definitely just learning that I had almost trust issues. And that was something hard for me to take in and say, Mm -hmm. okay, I've got, I've got an issue. And, you know, you try to put the blame on them and say, well, it's their fault. They're trying to do this. They're trying to do that. But looking in the mirror and saying, okay, I have a problem. That's the hardest thing to do as flesh and as a human, because you want to see yourself as in the right. And that's definitely something that I've learned in marriage is having trust for your spouse and reeling everything in, in yourself and saying, okay, I got to let go. 
you know, definitely having trust and letting go is something that I've learned is very important in marriage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't change much, (laughs) but you do learn that self-control. I mean, you learn that fruit of the spirit real quick, at least we should. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think, I think like you said, it's not that, you know, it's not that, um, being strong willed or being a strong person is a negative thing. But when it comes to like a partnership or a marriage, we are a team. And so I think that um, it's okay to, to say your opinions, obviously, and it's okay to be outspoken, and they should let you do that and vice versa. But it's one of those things that um, they do carry a lot of weight on their shoulders. And there's a lot of heaviness, um, you know, for the burden uh, to lead. And so, um, I know that's a huge struggle of mine. I mean, uh, growing up, just being Hispanic is just, you know, got that fire in you, that Hispanic fire. And I just want to have that attitude back. And I just want to, you know, just like kind of be all nippy all the time. But um, (laughs) uh, I just feel like, like you said, it's really showing what's inside of me. And what God has to work in me. And it's not saying that, um, you know, God's not going to change our personality. I think he gave us a personality for a reason. But it's to give us an opportunity to uh, be humble, I think. And that is really a huge lesson to learn. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I've learned, most mostly just period, as, as like even just in marriage and ministry and everything, is... you know, your thoughts can be flesh Mm. and your opinions can be flesh. And you may think at that moment that something is the best decision you've ever made and it come back to bite you because you, you, you're thinking in, or I'm thinking in Brooke's mind, I'm thinking of what Brooke wants to do. I'm thinking of what Brooke thinks is best for my family. But that's not the way it goes. We have to consider what God thinks is best. And we live in a world right now, and, you know, it's absolutely crazy. And, you know, everything's twisty-turny. And we live in a world that being a woman is kind of like, you know, a lot of people take that as a term of empowerment. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing. Being, Being empowered as a woman is absolutely amazing. I believe in that. But we almost let go of that thing that God laid as a law many, many, many years ago and God's words never changed, you know? And so for me, I was just thinking, Oh, I'm an empowered woman. I, you know, I can, you know, it's my way or the highway, but over me is God. And though I want to be this empowered and, you know, bad to the bone and what I say goes and I'm a boss lady I have to step back and say, okay, that's, that's not what God's called me to be. God's called me to be, yes, an empowered woman, but also a submitted woman. Mm-hmm. And I have to be submitted to his will and his way. And that's something that we I think a lot of people have lost sight. You know, it's great to be, and you know, it's great to be empowered, but we must also be submitted. That's incredible. Honestly, that's really a word. It's something that I think we've lost sight of because I don't know if people know how to speak about it or teach on it without it turning into something that it's not. And, um, and yes, this is going to be a struggle for all of us because like you said, our thoughts can be flesh. Our opinions can be flesh. I mean, we are not, um, 
separated from those things. We have to see what he wants from for us to do. And um, in submission, there is power. But yes. it's a holy power. It's a new power. I mean, I think about um, something that's come to my mind, especially, you know, being strong-willed and stuff like that when you have disagreements or arguments or whatever. And this could be for marriage or life or ministry. If somebody if somebody's in opposition of you as far as like opinion and you want to, let's say, state your claim, it, we have to ask ourselves, why do I feel like I have to fight for this? Yes. You know what I mean? Why is this such an issue inside of me? Is it so hard for me to let this go? And if it is, why? Is it something within me that God needs to work on? And sometimes it's it's not saying that, like you said, we can't have opinions and and you know, be strong women. We can't, you know, be a boss lady or anything like that. But it's just saying that, you know, we have to be accountable for what we say and what we do, how we feel, how we think, especially when we're in that moment of friction with our spouse and with, you know, other people in general, but especially at home. And uh, one thing I had to really do is um, practice pausing. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, just stop talking, JC. Like, you, you're saying a lot of words and they're filled with like nothing good. So just yeah. like stop. And so I think it goes back to that self-control and there's so much honor uh, in just even just submitting that part of like your flesh of wanting to always have the last word or always wanting to be opinionated about this certain thing, just practicing that pause so that God can kind of step in and kind of whisper to that overflowing anger fountain inside of you and like hush that, you know, the storms of like, you know, the water that's just like splashing in, in your in, inside of you and just kind of yeah. calm that storm that's inside of you and, and you feel his peace and hopefully that'll help you, you know, guide the conversation in a more better way. Well, and, and you look at, if you look at a Proverbs 31 woman, you know, you read through that passage, you never read that, you know, you read, you know, she works willingly with her hands. She, you know, she cook, she provides for her family. She considers a field and buys it. You know, she, she is clothed in strength and dignity. You don't hear, she got to say her opinion. You know, you don't hear she got her way. You hear of a woman who worked, who submitted herself, and you hear of a woman who was just followed after God. And that's who we need to strive to be, you know, and, you know, I feel chills just when I'm about to say this, we get so caught up and think I need to be heard. I need to have my thoughts out there. Mm -hmm. I need my opinion told. It's about me, but we lose the sight of who it's about. It's about God. It's not about my opinion. It's not about my wants, my desires, my needs. It's about God. And, you know, I want to, I strive every day to be this Proverbs 31 woman, but we don't want to be submitted as a Proverbs 31 woman. Mm. And so we have to find that middle ground. You know, I, I always hear it, there's power. You know, it says obedience is better than sacrifice in the Bible. I mean, that's God's word. Obedience yeah. is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than 
putting your opinion out there, just being submitted. And I mean, opinions are great. And, you know, if you have something to say that's going to uplift people, that's amazing. But sometimes we just have to stand and be submitted in silence. And that's okay. Right. And I think what we have to really look at is silence does not mean you lost power. Mm -hmm. And we feel in this society, especially like you were saying, if you are a woman, you have to speak up, you have to be loud, you have to be bold. And God really showed me this a long time ago. And it's something that I've just tried to obviously work on every single day. But, you know, sometimes like the bravest thing you can do is be quiet. You know, and it's not saying that, you know, we live in a dictatorship, you know, or, or it's like, a, a you know, Absolutely. our husbands are like tyrants. <laughs> Honestly, I'm pretty sure our husbands are probably like the sweetest men alive. I'm <laughs> yes. sure. Um, and obviously they love us because they're, they stayed with us. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but we have to get out of this mindset of thinking that if you're silent, that means you don't have power. That means you don't have influence just your presence alone has so much more influence than you could even dream of and sometimes actions just you having that self-control to being quiet and being a better listener being just that that helpmate for our husband sometimes that's going to just do more spiritually for the situation and for us absolutely so I man I could talk honestly, about this for so long. Um, (laughs) Yes. Because I think it's so important. And what I love about what you were saying is that, first of all, I love your passion behind it. And I love your conviction behind it because there are not a lot of young women out there who, who feel this way. And I think some of them want to. I do feel like some of them want to. But I do feel like they are just in battle with their flesh. And I think it's a lot of it has to do with what we're fed um, by the media, by, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's social media or just the regular media, we have to look at the idols that are being put forth as like these gods to us in this world, you, you know, these actors and actresses and musicians and these artists and these people that have all of this influence, influence and, you know, just clout and just they are portraying what a strong woman should be. And it's totally opposite of what God wants a, a wife to be, you know what I mean? Or, or, or what God wants his daughters to behave like. And, yeah. it's, I, and I really think that like one of the biggest struggles, especially in marriage is making sure that what you were saying, really focusing on what does God want me to do? Like what, Mm -hmm. what is going to honor God in the situation? Because it doesn't matter what, it really doesn't matter what JC thinks. And it's not degrading us. And it's not saying that we can't have opinions. And it's not saying that we are worthless, but our worth comes from him, not in our opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I think, I think the word submission, I think a lot of people, they look at it like, a woman has to stay at home, cook and clean, mm. not, you know, not have a job or a business or, you know, they take it as this, this negative word and they don't take it for what it is, which is spiritual. Mm-hmm. Spiritually being submitted to your husband doesn't mean you can't have a job. Doesn't mean that you, you know, I, I definitely don't cook every night. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a goal, but sometimes I put a Tostitas pizza and that's what we're going to eat for supper that night, yep. you know, <laughs> and 
And there's no shame in that. And I think people have just twisted the submission of a wife into this into this thing that it's really not. And they want to turn it into this negative light. Now, if you do that, that's absolutely amazing. I think a stay-at-home mom has is one of the biggest jobs in the world. I think a stay-at-home wife, you still have, you know, a job. But I don't think I think people have turned it into this thing that being that is such a bad thing, you know, and it, yeah. it's fine. If you have a job, you still can be a submissive wife. If you're at home, you're being submissive is not cooking and cleaning. And that's not what defines us. Being a submissive wife is being submissive to your husband as a spiritual leader. Being a submissive wife is praying, fasting for your husband, because people forget, you know, we are one, me and my husband are one person. Yeah. And if we're, one of us are struggling, we're both struggling. And it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to go back and forth with. And that's something that I think people just have misconstrued with the media and everything, that it's such a bad thing. Mm. Submissive is just a bad word. It's a dictatorship. You can't be submissive to your husband. I am submissive. Spiritually, I am submissive to him because that's what God calls me to do. I pray for him. I fast for him. And I, I am submitted to him as a spiritual and in the spiritual aspect, I am submitted Mm -hmm. to who he is, but I still have a job and I still, I don't cook every night. I clean the house to the best of my abilities, but right now I've got a hamper full of clothes that I need to wash Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But being submitted, I just, I guess I'm trying to re-alliterate here. Being submitted is not what the media puts it out to be. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, like you said, that word just scares people away. And I don't think we understand that it doesn't, it doesn't mean like the work of the house. Yes, we are keepers of the home, but that also means the atmosphere. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just talking about this with another past guest, you know, um, we are in charge for the words that we're saying and how it's making mm-hmm. people feel in our house. So, you know, submissive is not saying that we don't have that influence still. There's nothing that can take away our power of influence. That's a gift from the Lord. But it's it's realizing that our influence is also in the spiritual. And if we are not allowing the Lord to guide us in being the wife that our husbands need, um, we can steer our husband's spiritual life in another way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll say this to kind of, you know, speak on that. I had, there's a, a minister in our church, me and my husband really, you know, look to, he's definitely a mentor to us. And he looked at me one night and he said, you can make or break his ministry. And that's something that took me back. Because I was like, why, why am I responsible? You know, but you look at it, we're one flesh and something that I do and I've seen it happen and it breaks my heart to think that if I do something, po- and it, it goes to this, something I post on social media, something I say to somebody, I represent his ministry and I could make or break it. Yeah, exactly. And it reminds me of all the biblical examples of women who basically steered uh the heads of the men of god in their life and you know um i think of i mean 
I think of Abraham and Sarah, you know, um, when they were Abram and Sarai and how she was like, hey, listen, I know, you know, apparently God's supposed to give me this child, but it hasn't happened yet. So here, take my handmaid and you have a child with her. You know what I mean? And instead of, and I know that's a little extreme, but, you know, I think those stories are there for a reason. And it might not be obviously that extreme in real life, but it's just like, you know, oh, God gave you a promise. Well, it hasn't happened yet. So here, why don't you take this other suggestion of this thing um, and and maybe, you know, it'll be better than what God promised you. So I want to obviously um, lighten this a little bit just because I know I could talk about this forever, like I was saying, but yes. um, this is such a, a really powerful subject and I would love to keep going, but we'll have to do a part two maybe when you guys have you know reached another milestone i would love to have you back yes and uh, and let us know what else you you've learned um but you know i want to really talk about fashion because your account is so fun <laughs> thank so you useful. and i mean i look at the post and i'm like oh she is just show like this is just her like she's just sharing like it's just so natural and i know you're not trying to put up a front like if I try to do a fashion blog you could tell I'd be like trying hard because I am not that type of person even though I love to draw fashion stuff but uh how did you how did you get started sharing your looks on social media well my mom will tell you when I was very young I dreamed to be a fashion designer and I would sketch and sketch and sketch and I wanted to start my own line and all that um and then once I got older uh I think I looked today thinking about tonight I was looking today and I found my first outfit post from 2014 where I had somebody take a picture and I think it was before like all the fashion bloggers kind of got being a fashion blogger was famous Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was like an OG, but you know, I, I kind of went, you know, scrolled back down a little bit, but and that's kind of, I just, I've always had a passion for, you know, clothes and shopping. I'm a shopaholic. Regretfully, it's not okay, but I am. <laughs> um, and then I just, I always love sharing and showing people that modesty is not boring. That's mm-hmm. definitely something that's my main I just want to show people that being modest and being submissive to God and what God wants for me and my lifestyle is not boring. Yes, I agree. And I think that's one of the things that people can get hung up on um, because I don't know, it's just that mindset we have to get past. I know for me, uh, I wasn't brought up in the church, so it was very different when I started being modest. Um, I had to find my style again. And I don't think I've ever found my style still, but, um, you know, you just try different things. And, mm-hmm. um, I think now I know kind of like what works for my body type. You know, you were talking about, we were talking about before, you know, submission in marriage. Well, modesty, like you said, is submission to God. And I think that's just mm-hmm. a good segue into this topic because so many young people, I think are, um, getting this inspiration now from mo- modest fashion bloggers online and i think it's so awesome because years ago we really didn't have that like Mm -hmm. when i came to church i think it was in in 07 and maybe there were people doing stuff but it wasn't like instagram wasn't around um maybe people were sharing stuff on facebook but it wasn't really the scene there um and so i had to just kind of like 
find what worked for me. But now mm-hmm. I can get so inspired by just, you know, pulling up the app and seeing all these amazing apostolic women, you know, you obviously included, just sharing these these fun looks and reminding me that modesty doesn't have to be boring or frumpy or it's not something to feel shame over. I feel like sometimes people have this idea of like being modest means I don't need to draw attention to myself. I need to be quiet. And I'm not saying that, you know, obviously our spirits need to be that way and we have to be careful, you know, certain things that will portray a certain idea especially if it doesn't honor God. But I think that doesn't mean that uh, we can't have fun and we can't just explore and experiment with our modest fashion. And, you know, that's that brings another thought to my mind. A lot of people just think of God as like this serious, you know, doomsday. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I, you know, as I think of Jesus when he was on the earth and he had his 12 disciples, I believe they were his best friends. I believe he laughed. He picked jokes because he was just like us. He was flesh. And I see God as this positivity, brightness, light. And I want to have that same, if I'm going to be like Christ, it says the joy of the Lord. It, you know. I want to bring the the light, the positivity, the brightness, the smile. You know, I catch so many people that, you know, are Christians and I know that they have a walk with God, but they walk around in the gloom and doom. And I'm the type, I smile and wave at everybody. Like, I'm just going to act like you're my best friend, even if we've been talking for five seconds. But there's a lot of people that just don't shed that light because they just see modesty and they see being apostolic. They see all of this as just like doom and gloom and I got to keep my head down. And I don't believe that that's how God intended it. I agree. And I definitely think that it is something that um, God gave to us as a gift so that we can stand out for his glory. I've heard it many times. Somebody said that, you know, a woman's greatest witness is that she's wearing a skirt. A man, you know, wears men's clothes and people might not think he's a Christian. But when a woman walks into a room and she's wearing a skirt, people know she's different. Mm-hmm. And they do. It's the reason why even growing up, I was an apostolic. But it's the reason why if we did go to a church, we wore dresses and skirts. Mm-hmm. You are dressing up to go to the house of God. And even now today, people show up at churches and they wear skirts and then, you know, Monday morning, they put back pants. But what God really wants us to do is understand going back to our roles as females and roles as males and, you know, not wearing what pertained to a man, you know, and, and it's okay. We are not supposed to be like men because God made us so much more special and has a special place for us in his kingdom and ministry. He just has so much purpose for us that sometimes people, and I think some just ladies feel like there is no purpose um, mm-hmm. for them. And that modesty is like this big, heavy bag that they have to carry around and they don't want to explore with it. And, you know, God will bring certain convictions to different people. And I respect those, but I don't think that that's going to be all of what God wants us to do with modesty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
How would you encourage the ladies out there who are struggling with dressing modestly? How would you encourage her to stick with it and to try to be joyful about it? You know, the one recommendation that I know is tried and true is prayer. You know, the thing is, if God has placed it in your heart, the devil is not, one thing that I've learned is the devil is not going to put something positive or something that, you know, would be godly in your heart. You know, the devil's not going to tell you to go and witness to somebody, you know. And so when God places something in your heart, stick true to that. Stick true to that conviction. Stick true to that life change. And be, be unregrettably you. Be who God has called you to be. You know, I know it's so easy to see all of the social media and the TikTok and how, you know, girl, it's comparison and seeing that and seeing how guys, you know, react to that. It's so easy to just want to go to that and be like that and want to be seen. But I met my husband and I will tell you, I was not wearing anything that drew to my body because I'm more than my body. I'm, I'm not defined by what my body is shaped like. I'm mm-hmm. defined by my heart. And I think that something so beautiful and powerful is to be defined by your heart, you know? So the, what I, the advice that I can give is just stay, pray and stay true to what God is calling you to do. Amen. Absolutely. That's so encouraging. I love that. I love it so much. And I think we need to hear that more often. And I, I hope that people are encouraged when they hear this. And I'm sure that someone is going to walk away having a newfound appreciation for, you know, just the opportunity to be modest. And I think that's one thing that I learned is just being appreciative of the opportunity to be that witness. I can't tell you how many times people have asked me about the skirts or even for my unsaved family, you know, asking questions and seeing how long I've stuck with modesty and seeing that, oh, JC, she is serious about this. And they know that it's more than clothes. It, yes, we can have fun with it, of course, but it's the commitment to God. It's that submission mm-hmm. to God. And that's really what's in the forefront. And people are going to notice that for sure. Yes. So what we just talked about, about social media kind of goes into my next question and how uh, we have the opportunity to just use our voices to minister to others, uh, not just visually, but also what we say online. If you show up dressing modest, people are going to notice that online and off, but that gives us an opportunity to speak to them about God. And so um, I think it's just an incredible, incredible new level for ministry. And I want to know what you think are some of the pros and cons to having that opportunity to use our voices to minister on social media? You know, I've had social media for a a long while and I've definitely seen the ups and the downs. I mean, you know, I'll start with the downs because I feel like there's, there's cons, but there's so many pros. I mean, of course, I I actually posted about this a few weeks ago, the spirit of comparison. And that has been something that has I've been dealing with. And, you know, you look at a lot of social medias and the follower count, you know, I get sometimes I'm like, I've been on social media for a while. I don't feel like I'm getting the follower count that I 
Mm. that, you know, so many people are doing the same thing that I do. And that's something that I started bothering me. You know, I started saying, well, it's probably because I don't have perfect skin or it's probably because I'm not the, you know, a skinny mini or have the perfect body or it's probably because of this or that. And God kind of took me back a little bit. He said, whoa, you know, the thing is, I believe, and I truly believe this, this might be, you know, some people might think this is crazy. I think God intentionally chooses who follows me because I think God intentionally wants me to influence them. You know, Mm -hmm. I do have a smaller influence base, but every single person that messages me, I've had so many messages about people fighting depression, about people looking at being apostolic, people who are just lost and need some guidance. I've, you know, I feel like I've reached, if I only have 10 followers and I reach every single one of them, I feel like I've done my, I've done my due diligence on social media, Mm -hmm. you know, because I don't want to be just a fashion blogger. I want to be a minister. I want to empower, you know, my pastor preached this about the pulpit. And he spoke about how social media is your pulpit. What you post could either negatively harm somebody or it could lead somebody to Christ. And so that's what I strive to do every day is just lead someone to Christ. And I just post being real. And that's something I feel like, you know, like with the comparison, you feel like you have to live up to this persona mm. that I have no life problems. I'm perfect. My house is perfect. My family's perfect. Mm. And it's just not realistic. I think people need to see more of this. I don't have it all together. Mm. You know, God didn't call me to have it all together. If God wanted somebody perfect, he would not have chosen me because I am way far from it on left field. But, you know, God called those who are willing. God calls those. He doesn't call the perfect. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. I always, my brother always says this. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I believe social media is a ministry. A lot of people think, you know, social media is of the devil. And yes, it has these awful things. But I believe it's a ministry, but it's so easy to just slide into that comparison of, well, I'm not like her. My hair is not like her. My body's not like her. But I, I try to steer away from that, but the devil can creep in so easily. And I feel like, I think Kaylee Bernard said this, God doesn't call all of us to be influencers and that's okay. God doesn't call everybody to have 14,000 followers. And that's okay. The people who do, that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, you know, Mandy has, I don't even know how many she has. I lose count when she does her giveaways of how many she has. I know. It's crazy. She has this great follower base and that's amazing. And she, you know, she is, you know, fashionista 101, but she reaches that follower base and that's her calling. But my calling is different and that's okay. You know, And, you know, if you don't have but a thousand followers, you know what? Work to fall, work to reach that base, you know, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the spirit of comparison just creeps in and that's what can get us. The pro side of it, like I said, it's a ministry. I've had people message me and I lifted their spirits up, not for my glory, but for God's glory. And I feel like 
I try my best to share God's love more than anything. I just want people to feel worth and feel love because mm-hmm. that's what God feels for everyone on this earth. Even people we don't like, we don't agree with. Right. God loves them. And we have to show that to every single person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an opportunity to going back to that, keeping our flesh in check, you know, and making sure that we still have our God filter on and mm-hmm. like, whatever we do, whether we're at work or we're online, it doesn't matter. We could be at the grocery store. Or we could be at home. We should still behave the way God wants us to behave. That's the bottom line. And I think it's very easy for us to have that comparison because we see so-and-so doing this and it's great. And we kind of have that desire to maybe do the same things or have the same things, but we are not supposed to covet each other's things. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to want each other's things and it's okay to have the same goals as somebody else. And that's not what we're saying, but we shouldn't have that jealousy within us or that bitterness within us. um, If somebody is doing something or has something and we all have struggled with it, but we have to remember that social media really can be such a beautiful place for ministry. And God Mm -hmm. is using social media. We would never be able to meet this person in real life because they live somewhere else. But on social media, you can meet a lot of people all over the world. We are really at a pivotal moment where Mm -hmm. we are, we can reach the whole world with the gospel if we are in our right mind and we are willing to do so. Yes. And, you know, I posted on Facebook the other day, you know, if you focus solely on others, ministries and blessings, you can easily forget where God's put you, you know, God's made your platform specifically for you. You know, you, and God has somebody out there. Somebody could be following you right now that you have no idea who they are, but they're watching you. They see something different. And we have to keep that mindset. We can't post negativity. We can't, we can't drink the Kool-Aid, as they say. You can't follow mm-hmm. into that negativity. You have to keep the positivity. There's so much negativity on social media that no wonder the world's in a downward spiral. Yeah. But we have to be that light. We have to show that light. Yes, and I really do think that this also takes us into what I want to talk about next is aware of where we're at mentally. Social media can really be that uh, con for us um, and bring us down paths we never thought we would go. And, you know, I know you are a mental health advocate and I appreciate your passion for it so much. And I, I mean, when you've shared some personal posts, I was like, oh my goodness, go ahead, girl. You are being so vulnerable right now and we need it. We need it so much. And um, it will bring a level of depth to your ministry because you're just being relatable and sharing your experience. And that's, I think, what is the biggest thing about Instagram is we're letting people into our experiences, right? We're giving Mm -hmm. little glimpses into our world. And if they're all like perfect in front of all these colored walls, which are fine, but if we never share like some real stuff once in a while, we might not be able to reach certain people that need help. 
Uh, I'm going to leave this up to you, but obviously this is something that I'm curious about, you know, what God has taught you through your own personal experience with mental health. Absolutely. So, you know, I've always been open and honest and, you know, this is something that people deal with a lot and that's depression and anxiety. You know, it, it's a dark place to be in and a lot of people just push it off as, oh, well, you're just sad. You're just this, you're just that. And it's a real struggle. And I think that the apostolic community has really been opening up to seeing the issue, you know, uh, my pastor is one. He, you know, was speaking to the church the other day, and I know he's posted it on social media that he is, you know, when somebody comes to him, first and foremost, you know, when you go to him, he says, I believe God can heal you, but we're going to pray about it and see where God, what God wants to do with this. Because I will say, there's no shame if you have to be. You know, if you have to take medicine, if you have to get, you know, get your, you know, get hormones or get something in line, that's totally fine. But first and foremost, we have to have faith and trust that God can heal us. But one thing that I had to do, and this was hard, but I had to look in the mirror and say, Brooke, you're more than this. And you, you know, when you're in that place, it's easy to just kind of get stuck in this, in this mindset where you almost love the affliction, the, the tension of the affliction. You love the, 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 almost the, the reactions you get more than you believe in God for your healing. And it was something that I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, Brooke, like, it, like I said earlier, it's hard when you have to do a reality check and say, all right, you're doing this wrong. Because you want to look at everybody else. Oh, well, they're doing this to me. They're doing that to me. This happened to me. This happened to me. And I'm not saying that any of that is irrelevant. Because I've definitely went through went through some troubling times. But mm-hmm. I had to look in the mirror and say, that doesn't define me. I'm no longer that. I, I dealt with years of anxiety. Years of depression. Just feeling mm-hmm. like I was below being in such a dark place. And I, you know, I put on this happy face. I walked out of the house. I was perfectly fine. Nobody knew. And the first, the first step is realizing that there's a problem. Yes. And then the next step is my favorite step, which is I did it, but you identify the problem, but you start fixing the problem. First and foremost, I say, go to your pastor. That's always my first thing, whether you want to, you know, the devil's going to tell you, don't do it. He's not going to believe you. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. No, you first and foremost, go to your pastor. Let him know that you're fighting this spiritual battle because most of the time, this is a spiritual warfare and this is a spirit of infirmity that's on you. And my pastor He is the most loving and amazing person that you would ever meet in your life. I always say the first time I met him, I felt his love immediately. And so when I knew I went to him, you know, and that's something that people need to do. The next step, speak out loud. Yeah. You know, the devil is so busy talking in our ears. Why can't we talk into the devil's ears? You know, I would wake up every morning and I'd say, I'm worthy. 
I'm chosen. I am joyful. I will make it through this day. And every time the devil would try to talk in my ear, I would speak to him and say, no, that's not right. That's not truth. And every time he would try to come in and slowly, as I kept doing that, the voices got smaller Yes, because there's power in the spoken word. You know, the Bible says in the beginning was the word. God's word was powerful. And that same God lives inside of us. Our words are powerful. What we say, they say that the tongue is the most strong. I say it's the most important muscle in the body Mm. because what we say can move mountains. And, you know, I learned, I started speaking to it. I started saying, no, I'm depression. You are worthless depression. You are not welcome here. I am a child of God. And I just kept alliterating that anxiety. You are not welcome here. I am a child of God. I just kept, kept alliterating. I kept making that known. You are not welcome here, devil. And that's something I started feeling such strength and I started feeling such joy because I started speaking that into existence. And, you know, I am proud to say that I have made it through. I know I no longer claim depression and anxiety as a part of my life. And I am proud to say that I've made it through. So I hope that mm-hmm. this reaches somebody out there that's in the middle of the darkness, that's in the middle of that time. Speak it into existence. Devil, you're not welcome here. Depression, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome in my heart. You're not welcome in my mind. You have to speak it into existence. Well, thank you, Reverend Brooke. She just took (laughs) us to church. Honestly, that was just incredible. That's just so powerful because it's so true. Our words have so much weight on them. And if we allow the enemy's words to become our words, then he has won. But there is so much more that we can do that we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. And it's not saying that our joy hangs on us. Like you said, a lot of it, you know, we might need another person. We might need therapy. We might might need medicine. You know, there are different things that can come into play. But first and foremost is we have to remember that we can't see ourselves as the victim. Absolutely. We have to have that victor mentality. We have to realize that God became a man and nailed sin to the cross. And that includes every horrible thing that people have said to us and horrible thing that we think about ourselves. And that includes depression and anxiety and anything that is trying to keep us away from his light, his love, his wholeness, his healing. And, you know, going back to that whole idea of perfection, you know, I think a lot of us get in this mental cycle of, con- of, of condemnation and we, we, we have this like heavy cloud and sometimes people place that on us. Sometimes it's not us doing it. We are messy human beings and we live among mm-hmm. other messy human beings. And I think that's why it's so important. Like what Brooks said, you know, we need the word. We need his truth to be that focus. It has to be at the center. It has to be that cross that we go to and, um, you know, just lay ourselves down on it. And I I just really appreciate, you know, you sharing that with us because I think that 
alone is just so, so powerful. And if we can just practice it, even if the problem doesn't go away 100% because we might need some help from an outside source, Mm -hmm. you are still in a better position than you were the day before. You know, you are still in a better mental space, your thoughts and what you think about yourself will be better than the day before. Yes. And the thing is, you can't take this alone. That's something Mm -hmm. that we have to keep in mind. I've already spoke on how I am. I'm little miss independent. I want to fight this by myself. I, you know, I want to deal with this myself, but we can't fight something like this ourselves. You know, when we're in our deepest, darkest times, we need a friend. We need a hand, you know, more, you know, God placed people on this earth to be here for you. God placed, you know, God placed these things that put these things in place. God has created ways to help us. We just have to take that help. And I think that it's so important to just be open about it. You know, I, I guess for me, my greatest healing is in my testimony. When I talk about it, when I open mm-hmm. up to people and say, I've been through this, you can get through this too. I've been there and I'm here. I've made it. You can make it. You know, this is only a season. This is only a rain for a little longer. The sunshine's coming. God is going to bring you out of this, but you have to take those steps to come out of it. I love what you said about we can't be a victim, but a victor. We have to take victory over it. We can't just say, woe is me. I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, in a bad place. So, so sad. You know, we have to step up and say, no, I'm not taking this. I am worth more. God did not die on the cross. For me to sit here and loathe, God died on the cross for me to be a victor. You know, God gave us victory 2,000 years ago, and we have to claim that victory. Yes, absolutely. That's just so profound. And honestly, it's just something that we have to really put into practice every single day and make that choice so that we can be overcomers the way he's called us to be. And, you know, I really would love for you to let us know how we can make sure that our mental health is actually healthy. What are some of the things that we can do? You know, I always look at us. We are an empty glass. Something needs to be poured into us. And we are responsible for what we pour into ourselves. So more than anything, the start of it, I always say, and, you know, sometimes I even get annoyed at myself because I hate when people say this, prayer, you know, seeking God, finding, letting him fill you up, bringing in that positivity. And, you know, my grandmother always used to say, an idle mind is the devil's playground. Keep yourself busy. You know, it's hard. I know, you know, I say this, you know, if I said this a year ago before COVID, it would be a lot simpler, you know, know. but yeah, dive yourself into ministry. Sometimes ministry can be, like you said, a virtual Bible, Bible study. Um, Find that thing that you love and that interests you, you know, take all that energy that, you know, is put into those negative thoughts, those negative feelings Scoop it all up and let's put it in our cup. 
let's take all of that energy and let's go for what God wants us to do. Let's invest our time. If you love to make blankets, why don't you make blankets and give it to homeless? If you love to write, why don't you write letters and send them to nursing homes? You know, find something there that just is your, you, something that you love that you can invest in and take all of that and invest yourself. Make yourself busy in the kingdom and the devil has no room to come in. You know, I mean, it's something that's just something that I've done that is so profound to me. My husband will tell you, I hate being still. Um, even when I'm <laughs> sick, I was diagnosed with the flu last year and I was up cleaning my house. <laughs> And he was like, what are you doing? You're sick. But I just, I know I don't stay still because I always keep myself busy because I know, like I said, an idle mind is the devil's playground. Make yourself busy. But on the other end of that, I know that I'm probably going to sound like she is all over the place, but take that time for yourself too. But in a way of giving to God, taking that alone time with Jesus, you know, Every day I set aside 30 minutes and in my closet, literally my little prayer closet, I set aside a time and I go in there, whether it be at two o'clock during the day, two o'clock in the morning, somewhere in there, I go in my prayer room and I just talk to my best friend, Jesus, you know, Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. open to those conversations. Sometimes I'm like, okay, God, I had a bad day. I had this happen. I've had these thoughts. I don't know what to do. And he comes in and gives me peace. Or I go to him and I say, God, this happened today. You blessed me this way. You gave me favor here. I thank you so much. And he brings a spirit of rejoicing. And sometimes I'll just say, God, like, I just need a hug. I need love. I need something. And he'll wrap his arms around me. We have to be intentional and take that time for Jesus because that's going to be the best healer for your mental health that you'll ever see in your life. I love what you said about, you know, talking to your best friend and, you know, just thanking him for, for certain things. And I think honestly, if we took time just every day to write down three things that we are thankful for, I don't think we understand how big of a mind shift that will be. And if we are not being intentional about making time to talk to God, we are missing out on our healing. And I think even more so, we're missing out on that beautiful relationship that he so desires for everyone to have. And I really love just, you know, you reminding us the commitment to connecting with the Lord and how that is going to help our mental health so, so much. Yes. And, you know, I, you know, of course, like I said, coming from somebody, I've came out of it and having a connection with God, making, letting him be your best friend, letting him be that confidant, because that's, that's what he wants to be to us and just letting him flow into your heart. And I promise if you make that change, you'll see a change in yourself. Absolutely. Definitely. Oh my goodness. I'm just so, I'm just so blown away just by how God truly directed this conversation. And I've been so blessed by, you know, just your 
influence and your words. You are such a, I mean, honestly, just like a firecracker, just like this, like amazing ball of just like light and fun and um, just power. And I know that God has just placed some just amazing purpose and calling in your life. And I'm just so thankful for you that you took time to be with us today. And I was hoping you would, you know, share again where everybody listening can find you on social media and uh, let us know a little bit about, you know, where people can connect to your church. Um, you can actually um, follow me um, apostolic beauty 98 on Instagram. Um, I try to post pretty regularly. I always am sharing something funny. Um, even if it's just to make you laugh, I'm always sharing, but I'm also sharing influence, you know, influence stuff. I'm sharing scriptures. I'm sharing just my day to day. Um, so you can always find me there. I go to Bethel United Apostolic Church in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Um, you can find them on Facebook. And also we have a website. It's www.bethelchurchcares.org. You can find all, all kinds of information where we are, different sermons. You probably see me a few times on there. <laughs> but that's um, I'm blessed to be a part of the most amazing church. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. And thank you for taking time out of your evening to speak with us. I really appreciate you, Brooke. Absolutely. God bless. Were you inspired by this episode? I hope so. If you were, please take a screenshot of your podcast player and share it on Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Live. That's H-E-L-L-O-A-W-E-S-O-M-E-L-I-V-E. It really encourages me to see that you were blessed. Also, do you want a free digital devotional? Leave a five-star review in iTunes and DM me a screenshot of the review with your email address. You'll be gifted a digital devotional of your choice as a thank you. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesome.live. That's H-E-L-L-O-A-W-E-S-O-M-E dot L-I-V-E. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.